What is up, everybody? It's JT Sports, and I'm here with episode 13 of the JT Sports Podcast. And on this episode, I'm going to be previewing all of the teams in the AFC West. We're going to be talking about the Devil Broncos, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Las Vegas Raiders. And if you guys are listening to this on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, make sure that you guys go ahead and give this podcast a five-star review. Really appreciate it. Really helps the podcast. And also, if you are listening to this on audio platforms, make sure that you guys go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel if you guys want to see the video version on YouTube, which my YouTube channel is JT Sports on YouTube. And lastly, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Both my Instagram and my Twitter accounts are JT Sports underscore Twitter and Instagram. So make sure to go ahead and check those out. Now, let's get into it. So the first team that we have to talk about are the Denver Broncos. Now, the Denver Broncos are pretty much everybody's big sleeper team to make it to the playoffs this season. And I think they could end up being what the Buffalo Bills were last season. Now, a lot of people weren't as high on the Buffalo Bills going into the 2019 season as a lot of people are when it comes to the Denver Broncos. But, I mean, I think that the Denver Broncos... Although they are a young team, they still have a lot to prove. The talent is there, and I really like the coaching staff that they have put in place. I mean, you got Vic Vangio as the head coach. I think he showed a little bit of promise, although Denver wasn't all that great last season. Um, it was really promising to me that he was a defensive-minded coach, and although they weren't great, they were pretty solid on the defense side of the football, despite losing Bradley Chubb, who they get back this season. Then you also got offensive coordinator Pat Shermer. Now, for those of you guys who haven't saw the video that I did about Pat Shermer, I'm going to kind of give you guys a little bit of a brief analysis of what Pat Shermer brings to this Broncos offense and why he's going to be a big, important role in Drew Locke's development. So Pat Shermer, for those of you guys who don't know, has been offensive coordinator for several teams, the Vikings. He also was offensive coordinator for the Eagles back then when Chip Kelly was the head coach back then. Then he is a guy who got the most out of every single quarterback that he has coached. He got the most out of Sam Bradford, his rookie season. He got the most out of Nick Foles and Mark Sanchez. He also, when he had his little brief stint with the New York Giants, although the Giants weren't great, he got the most out of Daniel Jones. And a lot of you guys got to remember that Daniel Jones was a guy who a lot of people didn't have a lot of high expectations for. And he absolutely obliterated you know, everybody's level of expectation and obliterated the critics. So, I mean, Pat Shermer is a guy who knows his exes and knows. He knows how to get the most out of his quarterbacks. And I think that when you have a young quarterback like Drew Locke going into year two, you look at all of the quarterbacks that have took giant leaps going into their second year in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, what do all of those guys have in common? They all have pretty good offensive-minded coaches or pretty good offensive coordinators like Lamar Jackson had Greg Roman. I realized that Greg Roman was going to be a big reason for Lamar Jackson winning MVP. I made a video about it last year around this time about how Greg Roman will elevate Lamar Jackson. Then you also got to look at the fact that Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes. So a lot of quarterbacks going into year two, if you have a good offensive-minded coach, they take a lot of um, steps in the right direction there. Now, 
Drew Locke also, besides from the coaching, he has a really good supporting cast around him. I mean, the half-half position is really talented, in my opinion. You got Phillip Lindsay, you got Melvin Gordon there, so you got a pretty good one-two combo there at the half-half position. So Denver should be pretty effective running the football this year, which is something that Pat Shermer likes to do a lot. You know, sometimes he, he is a coach who pretty much loves to throw the football a lot at sometimes, but he also is a coach who has a pretty effective running game as well. And one thing about Pat Shermer, he likes to utilize two halfbacks. If he has the opportunity to have two good halfbacks on his roster, he's going to he's gonna try to utilize those guys and going to try to get the most out of both halfbacks on the roster. So I'm not really worried about who's going to get more carries because I feel like both Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsey can both have some pretty solid years. So then you got the wide receiver core, which is something that a lot of people are really excited about. I mean, you got Cortland Sutton, who had a breakout season last year. He went to the Pro Bowl. You got Jerry Judy, who a lot of the Broncos fans really wanted going into the 2020 NFL Draft. And a lot of Broncos fans either wanted C.D. Lamb or they wanted Jerry Judy. And a lot of Broncos fans didn't even think they were going to be able to get either one of those guys. So the fact that both of those guys were available when it was their turn to pick was a blessing and the skies for the Denver Broncos. So you got Jerry Judy. He is probably the best route runner I've seen out of any wide receiver coming out of an NFL draft ever. I think he was the best route running wide receiver from any class. So you got Jerry Judy there. You also got KJ Hamlin, who KJ Hamlin has been making a lot of noise and training camp. And also, he's not a receiver, but we might as well include him because he is going to be a vocal part in the passing game. We got to talk about tight end Noah Fent, who tight end Noah Fent is a little bit overlooked in this offense. I don't really see a lot of people when they talk about this Denver Broncos offense talk about the impact that Noah Fent is going to have because Noah Fent was the best rookie tight end in the NFL last season. He was pretty much their second best target that they had in the passing game back in 2019 now the offensive line is a little bit shaky that's where the biggest question and the biggest concern lies with this devil broncos offense but the offensive line can just be you know at least slightly better i think this could be a really good offense i think they could potentially have a top five top ten offense now on the defense side of football i really like what denver has built First, you got Von Miller, who is still one of the best defensive players in the NFL, future first ballot Hall of Famer. Then you got Bradley Chubb coming back. Now, Bradley Chubb, his rookie season, he got snubbed for the Pro Bowl. He had 12 sacks his rookie season. Don't know how he didn't make it to the Pro Bowl. Now, last season, if he would have stayed fully healthy, without a doubt, he most likely would have had 14 or 15 sacks, and he probably would have made it to the Pro Bowl and probably would have been a finalist for a defensive player of the year. So the fact that the Denver Broncos have... I think that the Denver Broncos personally have the best pass rushing tandem in the NFL. When we're just talking about in terms of having two great pass rushers, I think pretty much the combination of Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller is probably the best in the NFL because not two. It's rarely do you see two teams or a team in the NFL have two great pass rushers that can both give you 15 sacks. And you had that. The Denver Broncos had that with Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller. You got two guys who can go out and give you two sacks or. 15 sacks both each so I think that's going to be a really big um boost to this Denver Broncos defense and they're going to need it because that secondary is really shaking me aside from Justin Simmons I don't really know how I feel about this whole cornerback room and how I feel about the other safety spot aside from Jonathan Simmons because you got AJ Boye there but who else man so I mean the the cornerback room for the Denver Broncos is a major concern for me as well. But if you're able to get pressure on the quarterback, then, you know, that's going to help out your secondary a lot because then those guys aren't going to have to cover all day long. Then the linebacker unit, uh, I think the linebacker unit is okay. I think it could be a little bit better. But overall, I think the Denver Broncos defense should be solid. 
And plus, they got Vic Vangio, who is a defensive-minded coach, so he should be able to, to get the most out of this defense. And Vic Vangio, a few days ago, and one of the training camp pressers that he was in, he talked about how that inside linebacker position was pretty much the biggest um, thing in the front of his mind, and it was a big concern for him. So we're going to see how good these inside linebackers for Denver play this upcoming season. But overall, I think this Denver Broncos team is equipped to keep up with Kansas City. Now, would they be able to? I mean, I think they could go ahead and still, I think they split with Kansas City this year because I do like this offense, and I do like this defense as well. This defense is really good getting after the quarterback, and also you got Drew Locke. Drew Locke is a dark horse MVP candidate in a lot of people's minds, and I believe that as well. I think Drew Locke has a really good shot at winning MVP this year, and when you look at all the quarterbacks that have won MVP over the last couple of seasons, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, a trend that's really noticeable is that a lot of quarterbacks in their second year in the NFL, most of the time they end up elevating their play to MVP status depending on how good of a coach they have. So I really think that the Denver Broncos are pretty much the biggest sleeper team heading into the season. I do think that they will make the playoffs. I think they can either go... I think they can either go 9-7 or 10-6. At worst, I think they go 7-9 or 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, will they be able to compete and win this division? Now, that's to be decided because I still think that the Kansas City Chiefs are the second-best team in the AFC. And Denver, I still don't really think they have the pieces, you know, necessarily to quite, you know, sweep Kansas City or complete for the AFC West as of right now. But if we're talking about in terms of, you know, where this Denver Broncos franchise is going to be in the next two, three seasons, then yeah. So overall, I think that this Denver Broncos franchise is heading in the right direction. I really like what they have built so far on both sides of the football. You got Bradley Chubb coming back. You got Von Miller as well. So you got the best pass rushing duo in the NFL, and you got one of the more explosive young offenses heading into this upcoming NFL season. Now, I believe that the Chargers are getting really disrespected by a lot of people. Because a lot of people, you know, they're just sleeping on the Chargers. They don't think that the Chargers are going to be all that great. And when I ask people, I say, hey man, why do you think that the Chargers are not going to be good this year. And they say, oh, JT, look at their quarterback, man. Tyrod Taylor is going to be their quarterback, or Justin Herbert is going to be their quarterback. And here's what I tell them. I say, look, Tyrod Taylor may not be the greatest quarterback in the world, but you can win games with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's on a Chargers team that has a pretty good amount of talent. Okay, you got Keenan Allen, and you got Mike Williams as your two best receivers. You also got Hunter Henry, who happens to be in the contract year. Well, not even in the contract year. He's looking to get a new contract since he's playing on a franchise tag. And he is one of the better tight ends that we have in the NFL when he's healthy. Then you got Austin Eckler in the backfield. So, I mean, Tyrod Taylor has a lot of weapons at his disposal. Now, the offensive line was also a big issue last season. Now, the offensive line has improved. They brought in Trey Turner, and you bring in Brian Bulaga and free agency from Green Bay. So the off the line should be a lot better than what it was last season. And listen, you don't have to have a great quarterback to win games in the NFL and to make it to the playoffs. I say this several times, and I'm going to say it again. Tyrod Taylor is a good enough quarterback that he can get this Los Angeles Chargers team to the playoffs. A lot of people forget that a couple of years back with the Buffalo Bills, he took a Buffalo Bills team to the playoffs that had less talent than what he has to work with now. So if he was able to take the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs, considering the fact that they didn't even have a true number one wide receiver that year, I think that he's going to be able to get this Chargers team to the playoffs. 
And I think that a lot of people also are talking about how good that this Los Angeles Chargers defense is going to be. This Los Angeles Chargers defense, in my opinion, most likely could be the best defense in the NFL by the end of this 2020 NFL season. In my opinion, they have the best secondary in the NFL, at least on paper, at a cornerback position. You got Chris Harris Jr. in free agency, who happens to be one of the more underrated cornerbacks in the NFL from the past decade. You also have Desmond King. You got Casey Hayward. Then at the safety position, you're either going to have Nazir Adderley or Rayshon Jenkins, or you're either going to have Rayshon Jenkins paired up with Duran James or Nazir Adderley paired up with Duran James. Then the defensive line is also going to be really good as well. You got Linville Joseph. Linville Joseph is one of the best run-stopping defensive tackles that we have in the NFL right now. Then... You got Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa rushing on the opposite sides of each other. And those two also make up one of the better pass rushing duos in the NFL. You also got my guy, Jerry Tillery. I almost forgot about him. So this is a Los Angeles Chargers defense that is really scary. Now, linebacker is a question, but they did address linebacker in this past year's NFL draft by drafting Kevin Murray in the first round. So I like this Chargers team a lot. I may be a little bit higher on the Chargers than a lot of you guys, but I just don't see how a lot of people think that the Chargers can just go 13 or 3 and 13 or 4 and 12 or 5 and 11. Like, I think that's a little bit ridiculous. Like, I think the Chargers deserve a little bit more respect. Anthony Lynn, I think, is on the hot seat. Now, Anthony Lynn is coming off a really disappointing season in 2019 because a lot of people had Super Bowl aspirations for the Chargers going into 2019 based on what they did in 2018. But they didn't really live up to those. And the big reason for that was, you know, I think that Phillip Rivers kind of held back the Chargers a little bit because he turned the ball over so much. And that's not a knock against Phillip Rivers. I still think that Phillip Rivers is a pretty doggone good quarterback. But we got to call a spade a spade. When you turn the football over at the rate that he did, you're not really going to win a lot of games. And I know the offensive line play wasn't all the greatest, but I mean, come on, man. He, he did have a pretty good amount. He had a couple of games that he was just absolutely terrible. So now you bring in the guy in Tyrod Taylor who is a little bit more conservative with the football, doesn't turn the football over a lot, doesn't take a lot of shots deep, but he's efficient and he's smart and he's accurate with the football. You also get a lot more mobility with Tyrod Taylor, and that's something that also held back this Chargers offense because Phillip Rivers, although he is a good quarterback, something that held him back a lot was his lack of mobility. And when the offensive line was breaking down constantly, he didn't have any athleticism to move around the pocket or run around the pocket and extend plays or pick up four or five yards to keep the chains moving. So I think with Tyrod Taylor, that's going to open up this L.A. Chargers playbook on the offensive side of football to a different level because now you can run more read options. You can run some quarterback design runs. So I think that Tyrod Taylor is a little bit disrespected. I know he's not the greatest quarterback of the world, doesn't have the strongest arm or anything like that, but he is a good enough quarterback that he can win you some games and he can get you to the playoffs. And, I mean, when you look at how good this defense is, I mean, this offense doesn't really have to do much because this defense, in my opinion, should be the best defense in the NFL. And, I mean, look. If he was able to take the Buffalo Bills to applause a couple of seasons ago, he should be able to do the same thing with the Chargers. Now, although the Chargers are in the more competitive division because you got to compete with the Devil Broncos, who are also going to be really good. The Las Vegas Raiders could also be really good. And, of course, you got to deal with the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. So, I mean, this is going to be a really tough division. But, I mean, if 
there was a team that I would have a lot of confidence in that I think could surprise a lot of people that it's a really deep, deep sleeper. And I'm not talking about your casual sleepers like the Denver Broncos, but I'm talking about your deep, deep sleepers. It will probably be the Los Angeles Chargers. Like, I really like this Los Angeles Chargers team. I really think that a lot of people are kind of sleeping on the Chargers this year. Like, this defense is really good. Then you got Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is probably going to have a Christian McCaffrey kind of season. When you look at what he's able to do, not only just running the football, but he's also really good as well in the passing game. You can line him up in certain formations and certain offensive sets. He can end up being your third best wide receiver on the field, depending on the situation. And I think that him and Tyrod Taylor are going to have a pretty good connection. When you look at the fact that, you know, he's probably going to be running a lot of short intermediate routes, which is something that Tyrod Taylor loves to throw because he doesn't really take a lot of chances deep. So, I mean, this Chargers team, I mean, I think that this Chargers team is one of the more talented teams in the NFL. Now, of course, the offensive line is going to be a little bit of a concern. Although they have improved a little bit on the offensive line, I still think that they still have a couple of room to grow there. But overall, I think this is a Chargers team that probably could go 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven and sneak in into the AFC playoffs and get one of those lower seeds, like either that 7th or 6th seed. I think the Chargers are going to be able to do that. So, I mean... I don't really know why a lot of people don't like the Chargers. I know other than the quarterback position and the offensive line being a little bit shaky, like I think that this is a pretty good team. The offensive line, at least when you look at it on paper, isn't even bad. It's just that one spot that they have to work at at one of those offensive tackle spots. But other than that, this offensive line should be pretty rock solid this year. So, I mean, the Los Angeles Chargers, man, are probably the biggest sleeper going into this season aside from the Denver Broncos. Now, I know a lot of people are sleeping on the Patriots as well, but when you look at a team that has talent, you got you can't overlook this Los Angeles Chargers team. Now, the Raiders are a really interesting team to watch heading into this upcoming NFL season. Now, last year, the Raiders were defense away from making it to the playoffs. Their offense was really good, but their defense held them back. Now, their defense has been pretty bad for the last four or five seasons. But last year, they kind of took a little bit of a step forward. Their defensive line was pretty much their best position that they had on defense. They got a lot of depth on that defensive line. In the interior, you got Jonathan Hankins. You got Maurice Hurst. You got Malik Collins. You also got Carl Nassib. You got defensive ends. Cleveland Farrell, Max Crosby, who are both going into their second years in the NFL, both coming off pretty solid rookie seasons. Cleveland Farrell was pretty solid, but Max Crosby was one of the best rookies on the defense side of the football in 2019. I mean, I was really high on Max Crosby when he was coming out of college and last year's draft, and I had some pretty reasonable expectations for Max Crosby. I was around thinking that he could have five or six sacks as a rookie, but this guy absolutely shattered my expectations and everybody else's expectations for him with having 10 sacks. And the fact that he did that as a rookie is really impressive. You don't really see a lot of rookies having 10 sacks right off the bat. So, Max Crosby is a guy who I feel could probably end up having at least 12 or 14 sacks this year. He should be a Pro Bowl, a Pro Bowl caliber um, pass rusher this season. Now, they also improved the linebacker position. Corey Little is one of the best pass coverage linebackers in the NFL. You also just recently traded for... Raekwon McMillan, who played his last few seasons with the Miami Dolphins. So linebacker position should be pretty solid. So their front seven is pretty good. Now the question lies with the secondary. How good is the secondary going to be? Because the secondary has been the weakness of the Raiders defense for a good a good while now. 
Now, you get my guy, Damon Arnett, and this past year's NFL draft in the first round. And I feel like Damon Arnett got a lot of undeserved criticism. Because a lot of people, in my opinion, I feel were getting a little bit too nitpicky with Damon Arnett. They were saying that he was too slow, this and that. And I was saying, man, look, Damon Arnett was a stud for Ohio State. He was he was just as good as Jeff Okuda. You can make the argument to say that. So, I mean, Damon Arnett, I believe, is going to surprise a lot of people this year. And I think he's going to prove to a lot of people that he deserved to be taken in the first round. A lot of people kept saying he was slow, had a lot of concerns and things like that about his speed, his agility, and things like that. And I was like, look, you don't have to be a fast corner to be great at the NFL level. Like, just look at Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was one of the slower cornerbacks coming out of when he got drafted in his draft class years ago. He still ended up being one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL because he's smart and he was a good, you know, cornerback. And I feel that's what the Raiders are getting out of Damon Arnett. You're getting a good physical man-to-man cornerback, which is something that the Las Vegas Raiders need. You also get um, my guy, LaMarcus Joyner, there as well. So, I mean, the Raiders, I mean, they have a lot of depth at that secondary position. They had a lot of depth at cornerback. It remains to be seen if they're going to be able to put it all together because the secondary has been the pretty much the biggest weakness that the Raiders have had on defense for the last couple of seasons. You also get my guy, Jonathan Abram, back who we didn't really get to see a lot of and his rookie season last year because his rookie season pretty much got cut short. So, I mean, Jonathan Abram coming back, I'm really excited to see what he brings to this defense as well. You also got Demarius Randall, who isn't great, but I think he's a pretty serviceable safety as well. So, I mean, this defense hopefully should be a lot better than what it has been the last four or five seasons. I mean, I've been saying this for, like, every single season about the Las Vegas Raiders when it comes to their defense. We're just praying to God that this defense can at least be at least top 20 at best. So, you're looking at a defense that if the Las Vegas Raiders have at least a top 20 defense, I think that this could be a potential playoff team because this offense is going to be really good. We all got to start with talking about Josh Jacobs. Now, Josh Jacobs was one of the best rookies in the NFL last year. Um, he had an incredible rookie season as a halfback. And John Gruden and this whole entire coaching staff for the Las Vegas Raiders, they love this guy. And they have a lot of high expectations for Josh Jacobs last year. And they're going to try to get him a little bit more involved in the passing game. He didn't really do all that much when he came to catch and pass it out of the backfield. So we're going to be seeing Josh Jacobs do it all for the Las Vegas Raiders this year on offense. Now, I'm really concerned about their depth at wide receiver once again a little bit because Tyrell Williams is going to miss some time with injury don't really know the timetable for his return and I've been hearing some conflicting report reports about um Henry Ruggs like I heard some reports saying that he wasn't a starter things like that so I don't really know what's going on with that but I mean the rookie position I mean their rookie wide receivers I think are going to be really key this year because I really like Brian Edwards he's a guy who has been going off recently for the Raiders throughout training camp so I mean the wide receiver position kind of scares me a little bit and I mean I know I said death but let me take that back death doesn't really concern me it's just the fact that you know the players that they have so you got Hunter Renfro who is pretty good on third downs he basically is a guy who can move the chains whenever so he's going to be a pretty reliable safety blanket for Derek Carr you got Nelson Aguilar don't really know how I feel about Nelson Aguilar I mean Nelson Aguilar can do everything well as a wide receiver he runs great routes he's good getting off the line but you know he does everything well besides the most important aspect when it comes to being a wide receiver in the NFL, and that's catching a freaking football. So, I mean, if he can at least, you know, 
get a little bit better when it comes to catching the football. I think the Raiders could have a little bit of a steal there. So, I mean, the wide receiver position to me is not bad, but it's still a lot to be desired. still a lot that has to be proven on the field to me. You got Darren Waller, who is still going to be one of the better tight ends in the NFL. And this off the line is still one of the best off the lines in the NFL, at least a top 10 unit. So, I mean, the biggest concern comes with Derek Carr. Now, everybody makes the assumption that Marks Mariota is going to overtake Derek Carr and things like that. And so far throughout training camp, based on reports, Derek Carr has been the far more superior quarterback than any other quarterback that the Raiders currently have on the roster. And that's not really that much of a surprise to me. Like, when they picked up Marks Mariota in free agency, everybody was making a big deal about it. I wasn't really making a big deal. I felt Derek Carr was still going to be able to beat out Marks Mariota. And I felt like Derek Carr was just a far more superior quarterback than Mariota. And we're starting to see that play out in training camp. I know a lot of people like to bring in the storyline about how much John Gruden loves Marks Mariota and things like that. And Marks Mariota is going to have a little bit of a role in this offense. I don't think John Gruden is just going to completely let him go to waste, sitting on the bench, not doing anything. I think we're going to see a couple of design packages and a couple of design formations specifically geared towards Marks Mariota, especially in the red zone. So, I mean, I think Marks Mariota is going to get involved in this, in this offense, but I don't think he's going to be the full-time starter. And then I don't really see why people want to bench Derek Carr. Like, Derek Carr, I understand he doesn't take a lot of risks downfield and things like that. He's a little bit too conservative at times. He plays like he has PTSD from that injury that he suffered a couple of years back. But, I mean, you also got to look at the receivers that he was throwing to last season. I mean, you weren't throwing to a Mario Cooper. You weren't throwing to a Michael Crabtree. Pretty much your best wide receiver was your tight end and that was Darren Waller so you bring in Henry Ruggs you got Brian Edwards you also got Nelson Aguilar so I mean you got pretty good depth at the wide receiver position it's just can they put it can those wide receivers put it all together and have some good production there and give Derek Carr some pretty reliable targets to throw the football too and you got Hunter Renfro there who was pretty good on third down he's a pretty good safety net for Derek Carr but who are going to be the other guys that steps up so you got the speed demon and Henry Ruggs who's going to be able to take the top off the defense now the best utilize Henry Ruggs you got to be able to throw the ball deep and Derek Carr we've seen Derek Carr at times a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger when it comes to throwing the football deep so I mean when you're looking at Derek Carr I don't think Derek Carr is going to play bad enough that he just gets benched I think he has kind of been held back from the lack of you know talent they've had at the wide receiver position but I mean overall I think this is pretty much the best receiver crop that the Raiders have had since, you know, Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper back a couple of years back. So, I mean, I'm really excited about this Raiders offense. But like I said earlier, this Raiders offense, I think it starts and it ends with Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is going to be the focal point of this offense. They're going to utilize him more in the passing game. And this off the line is really good as well. So, I mean, this is a Raiders team that is really tricky to predict. Like, they could either be really good. They could be like 10-6, and six, maybe 9-7. and seven, Or they probably could end up going 5-11, 6-10. and 10. It all depends on how good that defense is going to be like they just need that defense to be at least top 20 for them to have a fair chance of making it to the playoffs and you're looking at a Raiders team that's in a really competitive division in the AFC West I mean you got the Kansas City Chiefs you got the Devil Broncos who are looking to be really good you also got the Los Angeles Chargers who are going to have one of the best defenses in the NFL so where do the Raiders lie in this division don't really know that's why it's really interesting to monitor 
how good the Rams are going to be going into this season. And then you also got the whole dynamic when it comes to, you know, Derek Carr's looking to prove himself. Like, I saw a report uh, a couple of weeks ago about how Derek Carr is motivated more than ever to prove the Dallas wrong. He's motivated to prove to this Raiders coaching staff that he deserves to be the franchise quarterback for the Raiders for years to come. So, I mean, if you're a Raiders fan, man, a lot of optimism. I'm really optimistic about the Raiders. I think the Raiders could be a really solid team, but I don't really want to jump the gun. Before I jump the gun, I want to see how good that defense is when we start out the 2020 NFL season. So the last team that we have to preview from the AFC West are the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. I saved the best team for last. Now, I believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are the second best team in the AFC behind the Baltimore Ravens. And I know a lot of Chiefs fans are probably going to get a little bit upset with me about that. But I have some concerns when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. And it lies on the defense side of the football. Now, it's not the defensive line. The defensive line is still pretty good. You got Chris Jones, who recently just signed a big mega extension. You also got Frank Clark there. So I'm not worried about the defensive line. I'm not worried about the linebackers. But I am worried about the corners. The cornerbacks really concern me. Because you lost Kendall Fuller, who was pretty much your best cornerback last season. And you lose him. He's now playing for the Washington football team. And my question now is, who the heck are going to be the starting cornerbacks for Kansas City this year? I don't really know, and a lot of people pretty much might not know either. And it really concerns me because this is a passing league, and if you want to win games in the NFL, you got to be able to stop the pass. And at some point, your cornerbacks are going to have to be able to cover. And with Kansas City losing Kendall Fuller, who is going to be the next guy who steps up? Now, the safety position is really good. That is a really great positive. you got Juan Thornhill, who is pretty good as a rookie, and you got the Honey Badger there who was coming off one of the best seasons of his career in 2019. So, I mean, Kansas City's defense is still pretty solid, but I still have concerns about the corners. I don't trust their cornerbacks. And the offense, on the other hand, is still amongst one of the best in the NFL, if not the best offense in the NFL. You can make a case and say that this offense is going to be better this season than what they were in 2019. You got death galore at wide receiver. I mean, who you have at wide receiver? You got Demarcus Robinson. You got Sammy Watkins. You got Tyreek Hill, who is who is the best deep threat in the NFL. You got Miko Hartman. You got Travis Kelsey, who is a tight end, but you might as well consider him a wide receiver. So, I mean, you got weapons galore at the wide receiver position. Then you got Mr. Half-a-billion-dollar man Patrick Mahomes there at quarterback. So, I mean, Kansas City probably should have the best offense once again in the NFL this year. Now, the offensive line is a little bit of a concern because the offensive line last year was good, but they did have a couple of rough patches there. But overall, this still should be one of the best offenses in the NFL. Now, the biggest story going into this season has been Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. All I've been reading about throughout training camp for Kansas City has been Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I can't find anything else. Like, I can't find articles about Miko Hartman. I can't find articles about anything else that's going on around training camp. All I've been hearing around training camp every day is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to have a big role in this offense. Now, the reason why I felt like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a match made in heaven for Kansas City is because Kansas City is a team that doesn't really run the football all that often. I mean, they don't completely abandon the run, you know, but they're more of a pass-heavy team. So when you're a pass-heavy team, you got to find a halfback that fits that system. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a perfect fit for Kansas City because, one, he is he was pretty much the best pass-catching halfback coming out of the 2020 NFL draft class which makes him an absolute great fit. 
Now, also, Damon Williams isn't going to be playing this year because he is on the COVID-19, you know, whatever list for the players who decided not to partake in this year's NFL season. So he's going to get all of the workload. He is going to be the full RB1 in Kansas City. So, I mean, I'm really I'm really excited about this Kansas City Chiefs offense. I mean, you got a lot of talent here. You got a lot of weapons. I'm really intrigued in Sammy Watkins because I feel like Sammy Watkins has kind of, you know, not lived up to my level of expectation that I was expecting him to, you know, kind of have when he was playing for Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and having Andy Reid as his, you know, head coach. I felt Sammy Watkins could have, you know, been a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver with the Chiefs, but he kind of he kind of really hasn't lived up to that. Now, Andrews has, came, has you know, kind of took his toll on Sammy Watkins. You also got the emergence of Miko Harmon, Demarcus Robinson as well. But I do think that Sammy Watkins needs to step up this year. And I feel like he does have the capability of taking over and being that good number two wide receiver in this Chiefs offense. So, I mean, I'm really expecting a little bit more out of Sammy Watkins. I don't think Sammy Watkins is bad, but all I'm saying is that I would like to see a little bit more out of Sammy Watkins' performance on the field because I think that Sammy Watkins is way better than the level that he's been playing for the last couple of seasons. I think Sammy Watkins has all the talent to be a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver like we saw glimpses when he was playing for the Buffalo Bills a couple of years back for those of you guys who remember his stand in Buffalo. So, I mean, I would like to see Sammy Watkins step up a little bit more. And like I'm saying, he's not a bad wide receiver. I just think that he is a little bit more talented than what we've been seeing out of him the last couple of seasons. Now, Miko Hartman, I think, is going to have a breakout year. Miko Hartman was a stud last year. He didn't really get all that much playing time. He only had, like, a handful of receptions. I think he only had, like, 26, 28 receptions and about, like, six touchdowns. So, imagine what he's going to do if he gets more targets and he gets a little bit more involved in the offense this year. So, I mean... If you thought Kansas City's offense was hard to stop last year, you're going to have an even tougher time trying to stop this offense this season. Now, like I said, when it comes to Kansas City, the thing that I feel is going to hold them back is going to be their cornerbacks. Their cornerbacks, I have a lot of concerns, a lot of questions about this season. And you're playing in a division that pretty much is really tough. I mean, you're playing in a division that pretty much every team has improved on defense. Denver is getting getting back um, Chubb. Then you also got to worry about Von Miller. So you got to worry about Bradley Chubb. And you also got to worry about Von Miller, who is two of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Then you got to worry about the Los Angeles Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers have the one of the more talented secondaries in the NFL with Duran James, Nazira Adderley, uh Desmond King, Chris Harris Jr. I mean, they got a lot of talent there on that defense. So if you're a Kansas City man, this AFC West division is, it's going to be a K-Wall like how it has been the last four seasons. I like this is going to be the toughest that the AFC West has been the last couple of seasons. So if you're Kansas City, you're still a really good team. You still pretty much have the same players that you have from your Super Bowl contending team. But I mean, you still have a major gap at that cornerback position. Now, a positive is that you're going to have, you know, a lot of help over the top with Juan Thornhill and the Honey Badger. So that's going to be a positive. So having those two guys there should help out the cornerbacks a lot. Then the fact that you're pretty good up front. So if you have a pretty good defensive line, you're able to get pressure on the quarterback. That limits the amount of time that the cornerbacks are going to have to sit back and drop back in coverage. But I do have a lot of concerns about the cornerback position. But aside from that, I still feel like the Kansas City Chiefs are one of the favorites to go back to the Super Bowl. And can the Kansas City Chiefs repeat as Super Bowl champions? I think they have a pretty good chance to do that. But I do think the Ravens are going to be the team that 
Kansas City is going to have to go through if they want to make it to the Super Bowl once again and repeat as Super Bowl champions. And also, you got to go through the gauntlet that is the AFC West. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, JT, you're over it. And a lot of these teams, man, the LA Chargers have Tyrod Taylor and the Denver Broncos are unproven and the Raiders are the Raiders. Like, look. You guys got to stop thinking that teams are going to be bad just because they have been bad for the last couple of seasons. Like, the Denver Broncos, when they had Drew Locke, were really good. Drew Locke is finally the franchise quarterback that the Denver Broncos have been searching for ever since Peyton Manning retired. And they also have a really good defense. Then you also got the Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders were really good on offense. The fact is just that they couldn't get stops on defense. So hopefully their defense takes a little bit of a step forward. Then you got the Chargers. I know a lot of people like to hate on Tyrod Taylor, but Tyrod Taylor is a good enough quarterback to get the Chargers to the playoff. So, I mean, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, this division is going to be the toughest that it has ever been the last couple of seasons. So, I mean, I still think that Kansas City is going to be one of the best teams in the AFC, but I do think that they could have a little bit of a problem with this AFC West division. Because I think that this AFC West division is the toughest division in the NFL. Like I said earlier, you can make a case for every single team in this division to make it to the playoffs. So, I mean, I'm really excited to watch the Kansas City Chiefs play this season. You guys let me know how you guys feel about Kansas City and their cornerbacks. Because, listen, I don't really trust their cornerbacks. I'm really concerned about their cornerbacks. And with, with this being a passing league, if you can't, you know, stop these talented group of wide receivers in the NFL, you know, your defense is going to struggle at times. Despite the fact that they're really good in the back end of the secondary and they're really good off front. But the cornerback position really concerns me. So, this is it for another episode of the jt sports podcast i appreciate you guys for listening and once again if you guys are listening to this on spotify and apple make sure that you guys give this podcast a five-star review also make sure to follow me on instagram and twitter which is jt sports underscore is both my twitter handle and my instagram username also make sure to subscribe to my youtube channel jt sports on youtube and thank you guys for watching i'll be back with another episode shortly